Hi, this is Jesse, your host, and welcome to a new episode of Marketing Talks by OSB. Today, I have Ramzi Abaza with me. Hi, Ramzi. Hello, Jesse. How are you today? Very good. Ramzi, you are the digital and e-commerce manager at L'Oreal. First yes. thing first, what do you think of my makeup today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I should be involved in the... Uh... Uh, type of pre-show makeup uh, fixation or <laughs> I'm asking you about this because today we're going to talk about yes, fashion exactly. we're going to talk about L'Oreal sorry not fashion we're going to talk about uh, beauty cosmetics L'Oreal which is part of fashion <laughs> and also e-com yes. and everything in between yes. are you ready of course yes That's okay good. so first I would like to ask you uh, if you can introduce uh, L'Oreal briefly to us and give us an overall uh, view of its global presence of course So uh, L'Oreal is a uh, multinational company that's been there for 100 plus years. Uh, we're present in 150 countries or we deliver our products to 150 countries worldwide. Uh, we have 36 international brands and we have some local brands uh, that are specific to regions. And the uh, total number of employees is close to 90,000. So very multinational, diverse, uh, spread across seven continents. And uh, super exciting uh, to have this uh, uh, widespread and we learn a lot from the cultures that, especially in beauty. So beauty is different by place, by culture, etc. So, so it's an excellent space to create the new beauty for the whole world. True. And uh, since today we're going to tackle a little bit of uh, e-commerce in the uh, beauty yes. world, can you tell me L'Oreal, for example, in terms of percentage, how much do they sell offline versus online approximately? It's really different because different. each continent, each country, each zone has a different uh, weight of business when it comes to online, offline. Mm. But for sure, like... Uh, Lebanon or Le Mina let's say, let's say in Lebanon, for example, our weight of business is close to 14% online. Uh -huh. Yes. Uh, yes. Mina is, is somewhere within the 10 to 12%, let's say. Uh, when you go to the uh, North Asia part, it's very online focused. Uh -huh. So we speak about 50, 60%, even China, 70% weight of business is purely online. Wow. Then you have Western Europe uh, and, and then the Northern Americas are, are also leading uh, with high percentages. Uh, for definitely online is extremely accelerating. Uh, our region uh, is on the right track, but definitely uh, we're a bit behind because of the infrastructures, because of everything that requires uh, fundamentals to accelerate the online business. Mm -hmm. And do you think the COVID-19 pandemic was the reason behind 100, this boom of e selling so uh, before COVID, online? So e-com was, let's say in Lebanon, close to 5% online weight of business. Mm -hmm. uh, was uh, taking baby steps, even when it comes to the e-com um, players or e-retailers that were available, they were not that fully focused on growing their e-com business. Uh, when COVID happened, everyone jumped to the acceleration of online delivery because of the restrictions for physical store uh, sure. uh, visits. Uh, so within uh, two, two, three years maximum, we've seen uh, our e-com jump from 5% now finishing at 14%. Oh. Uh, amazing acceleration. Uh, this provided even a better uh, experience for our customers because like, uh, Compared to pre-COVID, not just in Lebanon, worldwide, uh, from Amazon to Alibaba to all of the big players, uh, e-com was challenged and was being uh, 
tested, let's say, or, uh, somehow, or launched? Because like the physical presence was still heavy. Mm. And people did not expect uh, everything to be online. Uh, they didn't understand the full scope of um, the customer uh, journey, customer journeys, yes. personalization. Uh, COVID was all about you. Mm. This is the best thing about COVID. It became all about you, about how the brands can still reach you wherever you are, regardless of the restrictions, uh, geographical limitations, uh, even uh, uh, cross-border shopping. It increased, it accelerated a lot. Mm -hmm. So we're speaking about even in Lebanon, people shopping from Shein or, or mm -hmm. uh, uh, AliExpress, mm -hmm. you know, it accelerated a lot mm -hmm. versus uh, before COVID. Yeah. And they, it, gives them, it gave them the experience to learn how to shop online. And if the, let's say, card gateway payment was a blocker, uh, they found even they a solution, found a solution for that. with the cash on delivery yes. or, or you have this middle person where you pay in cash, they would pay uh, online through other cards. Uh, it, it all accelerated the situation. So you spoke about personalization. Do you have some tools or data analytics that L'Oreal, mm. for example, refer to to make this customer journey online uh, a much better mm. experience? Yes, of course. If we come to speak about online, online is all about footprints. So imagine you tapping anywhere and you have uh, a marker on your feet and we're just tracking your feet. So we're tracking all of your uh, uh, steps, wherever you go, everything. So online is all tracked. Yeah. Now, of course, there's the privacy concerns and the, mm. the topic on privacy and GDPR and how much you're, you're supposed to take from the person's information when it comes to behavior mm. or cross-targeting on different platforms. But definitely, this blocked some of the acceleration that uh, pre-COVID and pre-GDPR, uh, many global brands had... Uh, infinite access to data. Now, going to the GDPR-approved data collection, uh, it's great because it allows you to understand the shopper behavior. And mm. then Can understand- Can you give us some examples? For example, if they click here, what does it mean if they click there? Of course. So, so when, when someone visits a website, they, it's, it's like uh, there's a uh, shadow following that person. Mm. And this shadow, this cookie, this something that is tracking that uh, specific customer would understand their interest in terms of category, time spent on a specific content, mm. uh, search uh, navigation, so what searches they're doing. And based on that, the algorithm would, would categorize uh, these audiences into different uh, interest packages, let's say. So, so they give them suggestions Exactly. You're interested in skincare now. Is it summertime? You might be interested in dehydrated uh, products for your skin. Mm. So... Uh, this is how the, the, uh, the tool works. It absorbs the signals from the customers, it understands their behavior, and it provides suggested products that would match their needs. Mm, nice. And what about AR uh, and VR? What role do they play in the future of beauty e-commerce? If we link this back to COVID, uh, people used to experience beauty, and beauty products uh, physically most of the time. Yeah. So trying out new makeup, uh, lipsticks, uh, eyeshadow, etc. Even coloring your hair, you would look at the book, see the colors, select, test it. So there was a lot of uh, physical presence related to the experience. So it was very experimental in terms of uh, you and the, the beauty advisor or the person selling you the relation to buy the product. Yes. And when, when COVID hit, there was a gap in, in, in uh, allowing the customer to experience the product because 
They cannot visiting try stores, it. it was yeah. difficult. Removing masks was difficult. Uh, even the testers, we used to all go masana, to the, um, uh, let's One. say, makeup stand, and then you'd see the testers. You can try on the testers on your hand. There's many things. So physical touching as well of the product became restricted. Mm. Therefore, Loyal at that time, like even before COVID in 2018, 2019, they had the vision of introducing uh, augmented services. Mm -hmm. And when we that at that time we acquired Modiface, it's a Canadian startup company in tech. And um, so, for example, I can try on the foundation. We on, introduced uh, on my the, the exactly the AR services. So uh, these are intelligent uh, services that would scan your face or you can upload the photo. Uh, you can apply uh, lipstick, different colors. You can uh, change your hair color. And uh, many of these uh, technologies are patents. So, uh, oh. so exactly many, many data scientists work on this technology. And it enhanced the user experience, letting them uh, feel more comfortable in their purchase, which mm. is the best thing for online shopping, mm -hmm. to make you feel comfortable about fulfilling the purchase. Mm -hmm. Because if you're hesitant about doing that purchase, you yep. might not do it. You exactly. might still go to a physical store and we're trying to minimize that gap. Mm -hmm. So it's a seamless uh, uh, experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this rise of social media, how is it impacting the beauty shopping online? So beauty is driven by inspiration. So uh, for most average beauty customer, uh, they might not know the perfect look. They might only know the product that would suit them, but combining looks is something that needs inspiration. So yeah. when you speak about social media, we speak about people following their inspiration through other people that know how to dress, how to do their makeup, how to fix their hair, and then you have to do it yourself, step-by-step uh, -step tutorials, etc. Yeah. So uh, beauty is very connected to what social media offers. Mm -hmm. so when we speak about... Uh, uh, influencer business when it comes to this yes. inspiration you see that people follow makeup artists follow like uh, even uh, hair coloring at home or doing like the perfect look for a night uh, outing or, or something and then being able to collaborate with such influencers or social media uh, uh, let's say uh, celebrities because mm. Uh, speak about influencers as something that is very related to a different type of affiliate marketing, let's say. Okay. Uh, there are some certain people that are famous on, on social media uh, with a small following, let's say, but uh, but very influential. Mm. Uh, I believe we call them micro-influencers, right? Micro-influencers, nano, including, including lots of things like prosumers. Sometimes uh, by identifying prosumers, you speak about someone that is a professional, but it's a consumer as well. Mm. So not professional in terms of business. They're mm. not a business, mm. but they're such an expert in, in doing, let's say, makeup, but they're not a makeup artist. And these people inspire a lot of people, whether on vlogs, uh, through YouTube or uh, TikTok or anything. But the trend is very fast. Beauty is always changing. And this is what I said about transversal beauty. So people get inspired by looks from... Uh, uh, Asian cultures or let's say Latin American or the Arab style uh, this is what's bringing beauty to a new dimension it's no longer related to cultural uh, mm. looks After there's, you know, okay we still have the cultural looks but now you can have a very uh, specific uh, color that used to be famous in another country mm. and now we're mm. using it in this country or uh, even the hair coloring Yani, uh, there, there are certain shades related to uh, geographical locations. Uh, 
But now it's not the case anymore. It's not the case. Because social media is accessed by everyone all around everyone. the world. You see so people like dyeing their hair blue, pink, uh, yeah. ash color. Uh, I don't know. Even with Asians, like uh, accepting the blonde color. There's a mix. In, 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 uh, Listen, on social media, we're seeing nowadays AI models. Mm. Do you think they have that same impact of, let's say, or influence on, on people? And of, of course. What do you think? And this yeah? is very, very specific to the culture. For example, mm. uh, earlier this year, I was in uh, Thailand and I was visiting with L'Oreal the, uh, the supermarkets there. So mm. we, we approached the uh, beauty stand of coloration and then like almost most of the uh, models on the uh, coloration products are CGI, are actual enemy. So they're not even human. Oh. Enemies with colors and stuff because like it really depends on the culture and perception. And, and uh, so CGI uh, animated uh, influences or uh, content that is generated in let's say part of Asia is very influential. So people relate to these speci special characters mm. And uh, it's completely unlike our uh, culture, for example. Mm. We look at the perfect model or we look at someone that is, uh, you know, like uh, uh, celebrity-like feeling while other parts of the uh, world uh, are interested in, in cartoon style. Mm -mm -mm -mm. So. That's true. Do you think L'Oreal would one day cooperate or collaborate with, uh, with an AI model? Of course. For two reasons. One, it, it is something that is growing worldwide. Mm. Uh, especially through the acceleration of the metaverse and creating of avatars and taking your image, AI generating it to a certain uh, character. And two is personalization. So L'Oreal would focus on personalizing any product depending on the uh, area that is uh, uh, targeting. So if that uh, culture in, in, in whatever part of the world is interested in AI, our role is to personalize the experience mm. and approach them in the same language that they uh, appreciate. Yes, yes. What about L'Oreal and L'Oreal and uh, sustainability? Sustainability is very big, not just on L'Oreal, because I don't want to speak very far about L'Oreal's total presence. But let's say on um, e-commerce and online, mm -hmm. there's a very important topic re regarding sustainability because e-commerce is not sustainable because we're delivering many products in a very short period of time mm. using uh, different methods. So when we speak about quick commerce, we speak about quick deliveries. So probably uh, yeah, scooter deliveries yes. that are running multiple times a day. So this is CO2 emission increasing. Mm. When you're speaking about quick delivery, maybe some, some of the products need to be delivered uh, by uh, air freight, not by ships. For e-commerce accelerated the consumption of humans. So definitely sustainability is a big concern. Mm. So when we're speaking about being able to order anything from around the world and have it delivered to you, mm -hmm. this is not sustainable in the, yeah, the basic term of sustainability. Mm. Therefore, we focus on reducing a lot of our plastic products. Mm. Uh, we focus on recycling uh, materials, even recycling our products. We focus on, on having, um, uh, even on promoting our products online. So we focus a lot on the media spending on revising our strategy so that we reduce the media waste. Because a lot of time, uh, companies would uh, advertise a lot, but there's a big part that is wasted. So big part that is not targeted. Uh, media, media 
produces a lot of CO2 emission, uh, especially because you're using servers, internet, creative, creative size, storage. We're approaching it from multiple levels to try to reduce as much as we can on, on this. It's a huge project, a huge commitment by L'Oreal on sustainability. And uh, most of our, uh, actually, I think by Are now... Are they communicating those moves? Of course, yes. of course. And, and so I can think we our say L'Oreal is transparent about sustainability? 100%. There's a complete dedicated page on the L'Oreal's website regarding sustainability. Amazing. And our factories are uh, carbon neutral. Uh -huh. So we stopped emitting uh, CO2 from factories and... We're reducing everything in terms of logistics, transportation of, of internal products. Nice. Uh, uh, no more, yeah, and reducing plastics, you know. But it's a tough job. It's a tough of job. Of course, it's a tough job. Mm. So, and what about the predictions? What predictions do you have uh, when it comes to the beauty e-commerce? Maybe some trends, <coughs> maybe something you would expect uh, in the near future, or something L'Oreal is cooking in the meantime? Beauty e-commerce, uh, is constantly changing. So uh, there are certain classical looks, certain uh, the classical looks. I believe they would stay. Of what is uh, beautiful, but then now we're speaking about many different approaches to beauty. From, uh, like I said, from the different uh, color usage. So mm. our uh, uh, palette of colors expanded a lot. So we're introducing many different colors, many different uh, experiences. Uh, Beauty is, is very uh, focused on human uh, perception. So whatever people perceive as beauty, this is the role of beauty companies to provide them with the product to fulfill that need. For, with the emergence of uh, social media and involvement uh, between the conversations between brands and, and uh, customers. Uh, so we created a big room to create new products that are in collaboration with our customers. So now L'Oreal, let's say they would produce products based on uh, certain research and uh, internal directions, but then they would allow a big room for that, uh, for customers to send their reviews, their, ex uh, their experiences, their recommendations on what to revise, which, uh, which nice. products they're in need. For, we created this, so we're designing the future in collaboration with the customer. It's no longer a brand-directed uh, product, it's a collaborated direction to produce the next product for the next uh, person. Nice. And this is the role of personalization. You telling a brand what you're wishing and me fulfilling that. So, yeah, consumers uh, are so powerful these days. 100%. And listen, you were saying there's a different definitions of beauty. Uh, can you tell us about some of the campaigns that L'Oreal already did in the past? Uh, you're worth it and i think the main message was here that forget about what people see and what people perceive as you know being yes. beautiful just remove the makeup because you are worth it 100%. can you tell us about this campaign 100%. or any other campaign that you yes. feel uh, serve this important message so so at loya most of our brands they have a mission not just selling products uh, for example when we speak about loya paris and uh, uh, you're worth it. It's all about strengthening the uh, women, empowering them, uh, making them feel comfortable. Uh, because beauty is not just the physical part, the very obvious part. Uh, there's a lot to it. And similar with, uh, let's say, um, 
Maybelline and, and then uh, mental health. So even uh, helping people to uh, feel more comfortable about themselves, accept themselves and the society, mm. uh, removing these uh, uh, biases about what is beautiful and, and uh, uh, not feeling uh, involved in, in, in anything uh, related to, uh, to culture. So mental health is a big issue. And therefore, maybe it pushes on that. Similar with the uh, Garnier, for example, you have the sustainability, you have the uh, green project, you have involving real people. So now we introduce a lot of um, episodes, inviting real people, uh, no filters, nothing, uh, as they are, speaking about their experience with the brand. Uh, so we have a mission when, when it comes to each of our brands. And, and I think this is the best thing about Loyal. It's no longer selling products, it's building communities. Mm. Building communities with missions. So uh, this is how we cluster uh, our, um, let's say, customers and take their support in our mission. So uh, not just selling you a product, but actually telling you that we are on a mission to achieve this. And this is how we do, for example, uh, let's say campaigns or uh, events to celebrate women in science. So we invite, uh, we, we support uh, female scientists, especially in the region, because they're not that uh, exposed or supported. Uh, we provide them with the access uh, to develop their uh, their uh, PhD projects, uh, especially mm. in science. Uh, we have many people that already won with us and reach high places. So involving the community with your brand is much important than just selling a product. One last thing. Yes. Pamela Anderson now is going live on red carpets without makeup and uh, so many other are, uh, celebrities yes. as well. Yes. What's your say about this? <laughs> Would that be a threat to, to the beauty world in general? Not at all. Not, not at, at all. all. Because I think uh, beauty is not just uh, makeup. Beauty is also taking care of your skin. Mm. So yes, the makeup part is the very, very external part that you add on to your skin. But what are we speaking about taking care of your skin? Uh, hydrating your face, taking care of your hair. Uh, you know, like there's so many different routines that fall within the beauty category that we can still work on. Mm. So uh, makeup is just like the uh, last layer you would add. For some people feel, you know, I need less makeup for my life, but that does not mean they're not going to take care of their, uh, oh, their daily routines. And their look. <laughs> Ramzi, thank you so much for this amazing talk. Uh, I enjoyed it and I'm sure our OSB community enjoyed it as well. Uh, I would like to remind everyone that Marketing Talks is available on both YouTube and Spotify. So make sure to turn on the uh, alert uh, feature so that you don't miss any, uh, any other upcoming episode. See you in the next one.